Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and happy Friday, January the 27th. Coming up, you can hear from a former Bake Off host on why she's been meeting the Archbishop of Canterbury. The man behind plans to reopen Kent's Manston Airport tells us more about passenger flights potentially returning and hear from the Gillingham boss ahead of their game this weekend. But first, this is our most read story on the website today. A court's been told how a Herne Bay woman who was high on cocaine escaped from a police car while half-naked. Sean Axtell covered the case at Canterbury Crown Court for us. Sean, just a bizarre chain of events. Can you tell us what happened? Yes, it it was one of those hearings where you find yourself thinking, did they actually just say that? They, They couldn't have just said that, surely, but they did. And what the prosecution describes was how Roma Lawson, while high on cocaine, escaped a police car while she was half naked and it triggered a huge manhunt across Herne Bay. Uh, the 34-year-old had been arrested on suspicion of drug driving just moments before because she'd crashed her car. Uh, and while she was being conveyed to a police station for further drug tests, she secretly undid her belt buckle and Lawson, a, an adult actress, waited for the police car to stop. She then launched herself between the two officers in the front seat. And during a struggle, she managed to get away, but not before officers were able to pull her trousers off her. And prosecutor Eleanor Scott Davies put it like this. She said, she told the judge, Miss Lawson was at large at around midday, naked from the waist down. Now, uh, police traced Lawson to a friend's address and rearrested her about 90 minutes or so later. Um, but following subsequent subsequent concerns over her welfare, she was taken to a nearby hospital where she continued to make attempts to flee. And while she was being restrained, Lawson lunged towards an officer, biting her on the thigh, causing bruising. And the court was told about her previous convictions, wasn't it? It was. It transpired that Lawson had led a fairly chaotic lifestyle for some years, which her barrister, Kieran Brand, attributed to a series of negative influences, uh, one being a problem with cocaine, also a family tragedy and a number of volatile relationships which she's since worked to put behind her. In total, she's amassed some 10 previous convictions, including possession of cocaine and failing to stop after an accident. And uh, Kent Online covered that case back in 2010, and uh, it reported how uh, Lawson had left her best friend for dead after a crash where she her, her friend suffered a fractured skull. And Lawson, who was twice the drink driver limit, hit three parked cars and flipped her white convertible Suzuki Vitara. So finally, Sean, what was the sentence and what did the judge have to say? Uh, Handing down eight months custody suspended for a year and a half, Judge Catherine Brown told Lawson, biting is something someone completely out of control does. The judge told Lawson she was under the influence of cocaine when she attacked the officer in May last year, but uh, has since shown a, a prospect of rehabilitation. Lawson of Central Parade was ordered to complete 20 probation days and pay £100 in compensation alongside 
the suspended sentence. Sean, thank you ever so much. Some other top stories for you. And a man's been arrested following what police have called an unexplained death at a Kent shopping centre. A man in his 30s was confirmed dead at County Square in Ashford yesterday evening. A 45-year-old is continuing to be questioned by officers. A suspected drug dealer's due in court following a police raid in Tunbridge. Officers found cocaine, mobile phones and nearly £1,000 in cash at a property in Higham Wood yesterday. A 27-year-old man was arrested and later charged with three offences. And Kent Police have seized a knife, crack cocaine and heroin after tracking a suspected County Lines drug dealer to a taxi in London. The 18-year-old was arrested in the early hours of Wednesday after a lengthy investigation. Kent Online News. A hairdresser has told the Kent Online podcast how she's had to stockpile water to rinse customers' hair because she can't rely on normal supplies. Lou's near Maidstone has been affected by low pressure or no water at all over the past year. More than 400 homes were left with taps running dry for four days last week. Sharon Hope has been speaking to our reporter, Cara Simmons. You'd get some water one day and then suddenly it would go and then you would never know when it was going to come back on again. And it might come back on in the evening for like a short period and then it would go again. And obviously I need to know that I've got water to rinse off colours and things. Um, So I just started collecting as many bottles as I could. And luckily I still had them in my shed because obviously it went again last week. Um, So I just bought them all in. But it's a nightmare because obviously you're having to heat it all up in kettles and things. Um, So, yes, I'm just trying to be like ahead of the game, really. (laughs) And um, I I understand that a lot of people are saying it's a regular thing. So I think you're sort of preparing for (laughs) a monthly occurrence, has it? Yeah. I I mean, it's been all right since they since they did whatever they did um, last year, uh, whenever it was. It's been okay, And then just suddenly it's gone again. So there's obviously an issue somewhere. Um, I'm probably not. I'm not someone who rants and raves. I'm not someone that goes on about stuff. I mean, it's just annoying, really. There are a lot of people, I I said to you, didn't I, about the um, Lose community page. (laughs) If you read that, you'll see how angry people get about it. And it is inconvenient. And there's lots of talk about people saying that they want to um, not, not pay for charges and things because they're not receiving the, the, you know, the service that they should, should receive. Um, I mean, I've never said that, <laughs> but it's just it's just when you're when you need water for your work, it's just difficult when there's water not there, really. Yeah, I was, I just think it's um it's amazing that, you know, you've had to go to such lengths to make sure that your customers are OK, because I'm guessing mm. you said with colour. Um, I know like bleach as well. You can't leave on to, for too You can't long. leave it on. No, exactly. And you need a lot of water. Um and the, the other alternative is to cancel them, but then obviously you're not earning any money. So it's catch-22, really. You've, you've either got to try and work a way around it or not work. So, you know, the best thing is to, to be pre-armed, which is what I've tried to do. <laughs> Especially at the moment with the cost of living, you know, you can't go, you can't cancel a customer. Well, no, it's not, you know, it's not ideal because obviously then you're not earning any money so yeah you just have to try and um just preempt it a bit really which is what I've I've done so and you know it's fine because I have got literally a shed a shed load of water <laughs> literally um but it's just in, it's just inconvenient because obviously it just takes longer and then that's that makes your day longer and then your your, your clients end up you're having to ring them and say well can you just come a little bit later or I'm going to be to you because I go to people as well you know I'm going to be to you a bit later because you can't keep to the same normal time schedules 
because you're having to boil up water in between clients so yeah so I'm probably not the most uh, moniest person for you to talk to <laughs> there are plenty of them you know just look on the page and you'll see there are plenty of people it's just inconvenient really well southeast water have told the podcast that the complex system in the area can lead to problems when reservoir levels are low they've also told us they're working on a long-term solution new gates have been installed at a park in maidstone following complaints about crime and antisocial behavior brenchley gardens is going to be closed overnight from monday to try and keep people safe it means there'll be no route through the park or to the station after dark. Council bosses say it's a shame they've had to resort to these measures. Now, former Bake Off presenter Sandy Toxvig has met with the Archbishop of Canterbury to discuss the church's position on gay marriage. There are plans to allow same-sex unions to be blessed, but some campaigners are calling for more progress on equality for the LGBTQ plus community. Sandy has posted a video on Twitter after having tea with Justin Welby. From our very calm and considered conversation yesterday, it is very clear that the State Church of England and the society it purports to represent are not remotely in step. It was very clear that opposing factions of the worldwide Anglican Communion are being in part held together at the expense of the human rights of the LGBT plus community. It's not okay. And I said so. She's calling on us all to come out for love. Police are hunting a robber who targeted two men within five minutes near Folkestone. The victims were approached by someone who demanded money in Cheriton High Street on Monday, but they both refused and the suspect left. Tributes are being paid today following the death of a disabled boy from Chatham who took part in a Captain Tom-style walking challenge during lockdown. Nine-year-old Wilbur Turpin had a chromosome abnormality, which made it difficult for him to see here and speak. He inspired hundreds of people and raised £6,000 for the NHS. His mum says he had a big personality and great sense of humour. Kent Online reports. We've got more for you now on plans that could see passenger flights return to a Kent airport. We told you earlier in the week on the podcast how the people behind relaunching Manston are hoping to resume talks with the big budget airlines. Well, it's hoped that could see us able to travel to holiday destinations like Spain and the Canary Islands within the next five years. Well, I've been speaking to Tony Freudman, who's the director of River Oak, which is developing the site. We're forecasting conservatively at least 2,000 jobs and indirectly in the community a lot more than that. And the thing with, with airports is that the jobs tend to be more long term um, because when you're an airport operator, the last thing you want is a turnover in staff because every member of staff has to be security cleared and that takes a long time. Um, and there are all sorts of jobs available ranging from security to air traffic control. So it, it will make a huge difference and we think it will transform the economy of not just Stanley but of the whole of East Kent. Obviously, I remember planes going in and out of that airport, as will an awful lot of people who are based in Thanet and were very sad to see Manston close. On the ground, what needs to happen for it to open again? An awful lot is the short answer. Manston has a long runway. The runway is there. Without the runway, there wouldn't be an airport. The problem is that um, since um, the RAF left um, just over 20 years ago, 
almost nothing has been spent on the infrastructure. The old airport, as it stands now, has only one parking stand for cargo for cargo planes. We are planning 19, at least 19 cargo stands. The old airport had only one parking stand for passenger planes. We are planning two or three. That makes a huge difference. It's like, as I've said before, it's like having a big hotel where only three bedrooms are open. And the, the transformation will involve a huge amount of construction work. We're also going to be building um, a huge cargo terminal and a passenger terminal. And the total expenditure is estimated at between, well, three years ago, it was 350 million. Goodness knows with inflation all across the board, it's probably now near a half a billion pounds. Wow, it's an, it's an awful lot of money. When would people actually start to see that sort of work taking place, do you think? Um, we think probably in, in the middle of next year, in the middle of 2024, um, we've got a lot of preliminary work to do, um, um, design, surveys, a, a whole host of preliminary things. So about the middle of 2024, which means the airport should open in 2026. It's three years later than we'd originally planned, but we've been held up, you know. Some people may well have flown out of Manston before. Obviously, it was used for passenger flights in the past. How confident are you that there's going to be that demand from holidaymakers to want to leave from Kent? We think there'll be a strong demand. I mean, we're being realistic about passengers. Previous owners of the airport have said we could have millions and millions of passengers. You know, Gatwick is too close, and Gatwick has an established client and airline base. But the reason we're confident is in two parts. First of all, KLM, who flew from Manston for about 18 months, um, a direct route from Manston to Amsterdam, Schiphol Airport, which then enabled people from East Kent and really the whole of Kent to pick up the KLM global network and avoid having to go to Heathrow. That was point number one. The other thing is that um, airlines like Ryanair and EasyJet um, have more new aircraft being delivered all the time. And their challenge is that they've got to get those planes in the air between six and seven in the morning because they lose an hour as soon as they cross over into Europe. And where they operate from, Gatwick, Stansted, Luton, there are no more slots in between those hours. So we think that we know from previous conversations and we think now we're, you know that we're ready to move that they will they will come back and they will base not a huge number of aircraft, but three or four aircraft at Manston. And what we've said publicly is this: we will only do this if they base aircraft at Manston, because if you base aircraft here, it means that the aircraft will fly in and out of the airport three or four times a day. We get passenger footfall through the airport. And also because they're low cost carriers, they will employ local crew because low cost carriers don't pay for fancy hotels for their flight crew. They want them all to go home when the, when the aircraft arrives late at night. 
So they will, that will be more jobs for local people. Kent Online reports. Men's Outfitters, that's been running for more than 50 years in Herne Bay, is going to close. Rogers Menswear in William Street opened in 1967 and has been put on the market by the landlord, along with its upstairs flat for nearly £350,000. The store's not found a successor, so is set to shut within six months following a final clear-out sale. A survey has revealed children's activity levels in Kent and Medway are back to how they were before the pandemic. About 46% are doing the recommended 60 minutes a day of sport or physical exercise is also an increase in happiness and life satisfaction scores and plans to expand a Kent school have been given the go-ahead Maidstone Girls Grammar will be getting a new block of classrooms to replace two older buildings which are being demolished it'll allow them to take on more pupils and a Second World War Visitors Centre is going to be created to give people the chance to explore air raid shelters and tunnels underneath the school we're being asked to keep an eye on how many birds are in our gardens in Kent this weekend. The RSPB wants us to spend an hour counting the different varieties to see how populations are faring. It's feared some could be struggling due to rising temperatures. I've been chatting to Maurice Hankinson, who's from Hopesgrove Nurseries in Tenterden. I think it's vital. I think it not only gives us an insight into bird populations, but also wildlife more generally and how well it's doing. And we saw the really, really extreme temperatures last year. Um, is climate change something that would affect that going forward? I think it's uh, it's a hundred percent certain that climate change is having an effect. For uh, you know, not directly with birds, but with plants flowering at different times, coming into growth at different times, further down the food chain in different parts of the ecosystem, eventually those ripples are moving out, and it's affecting the birds along with many other forms of wildlife. So what are you hoping we can all do to try and encourage more into our gardens? Because you've got some um, useful tips, haven't you, as to what we can all do? I have, yeah. I mean, it's it's really just uh, the old saying, giving wildlife a home in your garden. Um, and that can take many different forms. Um, firstly, it can be, uh, don't be too tidy in the garden. Don't sweep the leaves up the minute they fall, leave them. You're going to get invertebrates and smaller mammals and things uh, taking shelter. And again, those ripples move out. And if you encourage the smaller kinds of wildlife, then uh, you're going to encourage the uh, the bigger animals and the birds further up the food chain. And what sort of, if we've got a garden big enough for plants, are there certain um, bushes, trees and things like that that could perhaps help birds as well? Absolutely. I mean, it's fair to say almost any tree or shrub or plant in your garden has, has got the potential to help the birds out, whether it gives them a bit of shelter, somewhere to nest or a food source. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Among those trees and shrubs, hedges have a, have a really unique position because they're continuous. So they're like little wildlife corridors that you can have in urban areas. And it's such a good thing, obviously. So even a row of uh, sterile Lalandi trees is still going to be a corridor. It's going to give good nesting spots for birds. Um, but if you want a real gold standard hedge for your birds, then uh, then you'd plant a mixture of plants. Um, they'd be native plants and uh, the different species would flower and come into leaf and produce fruits at different times of year. And that would give continuity for the birds as shelter, as a food source. 
And if some of those plants were uh, thorny as well, then I might stop the next door neighbour's cat from scrambling up in there and uh, getting at the nest. Do you think sometimes some trends in gardens are kind of, they discourage birds from coming in because so many gardens I see with like fake grass and things, you just think, oh no. <laughs> yeah, my heart sinks because they're so sterile. They're, they're concrete and they're artificial grass and they're artificial plants and there's nothing there for wildlife, sadly. Absolutely nothing. So, yeah, plant real plants. Um, I'm sure you'd encourage us all to, to take part at the weekend. Do you know, I know obviously you're not part of the RSPB, but do you know a bit more about what they're asking us to do? Because I think you only need to observe for like an hour, don't you, and take a note down. That's what, right, yeah. It's really, really just take a little bit of time, observe what birds are coming into your uh, into your plot in your garden or in the park or wherever you choose to do it and uh, just log those count them and sign up on the rspb website and uh, put your findings in and then that will really help long term because it generates so much data it gives a snapshot of how our birds are doing this January. Last year, nearly 700,000 people took part across the UK, counting 11 million birds. You can find out how to get involved by heading to the website. And the campaign for Real Ale has named a Kemp Beer Group the best in the country. Marden Village Club saw off competition from other finalists in Cheltenham, Greater Manchester and Merseyside. It was founded in 1907 and had a complete makeover in 2017 to create a more friendly atmosphere. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham will be hoping to make it three wins in a row when they travel to Swindon this weekend. The Jules have seen a real turnaround in form after bringing in new players during the January transfer window. We've been catching up with boss Neil Harris. I think we've seen Colchester and, and Hartlepool uh, both completely transform their style of play second half of the games to play title football against us. Because first half, first half of the games, they try to mix it with us and, and play forward and run forward and we're much better than both of them. So Swindon will pass the ball. You know, they've got a, a philosophy in the club at the moment is that they play title football and that's what they're going to try and do. They did it against us for, for 90 minutes, um, albeit 82 of them, we only had 10 men. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty on the eye um, and they've got some good players at the level and they recruited well, um, well backed in the summer. Um, and they've got good players at the level and the level above. So we're fully aware of the challenge um, and completely different challenge to what we faced the last two games. I think what, what, what we have to make sure is that when we get to the 1st of February is that, that we're in a, a lot stronger position than we were on the 1st of January. That's the, that's the main aim. And we clearly are already. Um, then secondly, we have to make sure that we've got, we feel we've got enough personnel in the building to deal with three game weeks and six game every two weeks, um, which we, we come up with uh, in the coming weeks. Um, and you know we, we've got enough strength and depth to do that. And... You know, we, at the moment, just feel a little bit shy of that, um, so that that's why the guys, you know, working in tandem to to make sure we we add to the group. People might be thinking, well, you know, we just just go by whoever we want, and we, we we're not working like that. You know, we're really, we're really trying to be methodical and 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 and, and, and careful as well. You know, yes, we, we have added to the group and we pay some transfer fees, smaller fees, but we we have been able to do that for the first time in years and and. You know, it, it does give that belief to everybody, but we, we've also got to be realistic to financial fair play um, and also balancing the squad and making sure that we don't just go massive on numbers and we end up with unhappy players in the change room. I, I don't want that. Um, we, we want to show um, we want to show as a group, including the new owners, um, want to show that we can build a squad in the right manner 
and we, we think that's vitally important. We, we want to be able to attract players for the right reasons, and and that's why we, we you know, we, and there's still teams in the league that are paid more money than us because they just have done for a period now, and we just. We are right into the group and it's a lovely position to be in, but we've been sensible about it. Well, Swindon are currently up in the playoff places while Gillingham are one place off the bottom of League Two. You'll be able to follow the action tomorrow at Kent Online when the game kicks off at three o'clock. Don't forget, we'll have details of the result on the website. You can also hear reaction in bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM, on Sunday. Plus, we'll have a more in-depth chat with Neil Harris in the podcast on Monday. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details of the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you need to head to kentonline.co.uk and watch it on the website today. You can check out the latest report from our secret drinker. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.